Welcome to Behavioral Health in the New Normal, a podcast developed by Prestige Community Resources, aimed at bringing healing back to our community through knowledge, expert advice, and positive messaging. The show is a joint venture between the Department of Behavioral Health and Prestige Community Resources, funded by SAMHSA in response to the challenges currently impacting our communities. Hosted by Paul Wells Sr., who uses over 30 years of extensive clinical social work experience to conduct insightful interviews with experts and professionals on a wide range of topics that impact the Washington, D.C. community. From behavioral health crisis to education to financial hardship and anything in between, this show will provide information and insights that will surely make a difference in your life. DMV boy, am I excited today. Prestige has found an expert in fashion, and we're going to really talk about uh, the fashion industry and a small business owner who's going to navigate us through the trials and tribulations of managing a profession and business uh, during the pandemic. Before I introduce the guests, I just want to remind everyone, this is a collaboration between Prestige Community Resources and the Department of Mental Health here in Washington, D.C. And the intent is to just describe and educate everyone around just uh, successes and challenges associated with the pandemic. And as you know, all industries, all businesses, uh, all families have been impacted and we wanna tell the story. And the, telling the story hopefully will get some solutions and some strategies on how to overcome and survive this critical time. Ms. McQueen, we welcome you. How are you this morning? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you for having me. No, you're representing McQueen, the McQueen brand. Let me just tell the audience, you're a fashion designer, a celebrity stylist, a photographer, and we hope that you're gonna share with us today how you pursued your dream and what that looks like. I know you travel a lot or, uh, as you, you know, pursue your business activity and what we want to know what kind of precautions you're taking, what experience and what you're hearing from other people, your customer base, how has it impacted them? So why don't we start with the beginning, where you were born, how things started, uh, how did you get into the industry? Um, uh, and, and why don't we just start with where were you born? Okay, yeah, for sure. I'm from Venezuela, South Carolina, town about this big. You okay. know, I started fashion um, just by watching my aunt um, mm -hmm. and my mom, like, sew and um, alter dresses and things like that. That's what piqued my interest. I would watch my aunt. I used to live with her when I was little. I, see. I would watch her put this big piece of, I guess it was paper or it was something big on the mm -hmm. ground, watch her cut the patterns and, you know, all kind of stuff. So I was, I thought it was cool. It's like, man, I want to do that. And then I would see her like, you know, fit women for dresses, for prom. And I was like, man, I want to do that. So um, I started cutting my own clothes and, you know, making my own things, creating my own little fashion. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's pretty much where uh, what piqued my interest in fashion. Um, and then as I got older and headed to middle school, I would, you know, cut things and make things for myself um, because my mom couldn't afford to buy me what I wanted, you know, what yeah. was. So I started to make my own stuff. Okay. And um, my friends used to always say, hey, where'd you get that? And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I made it. 
and then that's how it became a business because they wanted me to make things for them. And I was smart. It's like, well, you have to give me something, some candy, some mm. money, something. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. So, and that's just kind of how it, you know, got started. Um, okay. Skip school, mm. every class, but clothing design. And then uh. my teacher was basically like, you can't continue to do this. We know you're not going to class you're only mm -hmm. coming to class so um that's just kind of like so from the very beginning you were influenced by auntie and so you had some some genetic predisposition i mean it was in the blood it was going right through your aunt's veins to you and that exposure uh i, I guess really um germinated an interest and a passion in you so you knew very early on that this is kind of the area that you want to uh, focus and apply your talents and your skill. And you had talent and skill early on. Your family noticed it. They started pulling on you. And you were smart enough to say, hey, you know what? Let me turn this into a brand and a business. Let me get some money while I'm doing this. Yeah. There's nothing better than being able to merge a business interest with a passion, right? Uh, right. And so, so you... I guess you go through grammar school, middle school, and you get through high school, and then what? How, how does this brand and industry, um, how do you master this? I've always been a hustler. I always mm. know I'm going to make some money no matter what I do, where mm. I go. Um, even when I got to college, I was doing the same thing, just making pieces on the side, not going to class. And making clothes um i got my first sewing machine for christmas early and um i don't remember how i got it to college with me somebody either bought it to me or i just don't remember but i had a sewing machine there and that's how i was making side money like just what school did you attend what college was that uh lewisburg college it was in north carolina no no okay. it's in yeah yeah lewisburg virginia lewisburg, yeah virginia. small okay. But you got a lot of attention because I, I'm sure there weren't a, a lot of outlets there. So you, you yeah, it's just the, like Venice. Yeah, so you Nothing. you were the to go person. Uh, mm -hmm. How did how did you advertise? I mean, how did they know your style and your brand? Did you advertise and did you have like a website or? Well, you said you know my cousin Tania, mm -hmm. right? She's very outgoing yeah. and, and I think of our family. I was outgoing, outspoken, okay. and people just kind of gravitated towards me, you know, so it, there was no promotion behind it. Um, it. It wasn't actually a business business. It was just more so word of mouth. You know, a lot of people just like, oh, well, she does that. Well, let's, let's, let's see how much she will charge us to do this. So, and that's just how, you know, I built the name. Yeah, yeah. We do know your cousin. Uh, we've had Tania McQueen on the show. She's the director of our housing uh service at prestige and you're absolutely right if you have a personality trait and style like hers uh it just you just people naturally would gravitate to you uh, and mm -hmm. i feel that energy right now and that, that's really a part of i guess the uh your business plan strategy that that you use yourself you are your brand uh and and that energy and your passion gets conveyed to people just just in the conversation yeah, yeah and i just really believe like you know you never know who will open a door for you so you just always have to be kind to people and don't be afraid to speak um you never know um what type of influence you can have on a person just by speaking and you know 
just saying hello. You you don't know what a person is carrying. So it's all it, all you always always need to be kind that's, and help that's people. So true. That's so I believe that I stand on that, and that's what I do. I live it daily. Like you know, I can walk into a room full of strangers, and I'm going to touch somebody. I know wow, that. That's good. Be, uh, being aware of how impactful you can be, uh, and how you can possibly contribute to someone's moment. Uh, is remarkable. Listen to this though. So you graduated with what degree? What was the I degree? Graduate. I didn't graduate at all. I didn't. No. Nope. Yeah. Look so focused on making money. Yeah. Um, and um and this is another thing like I know like uh college isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. School isn't for everybody. Um a lot of parents and a lot of um adults push college as an agenda on kids and and that's another thing too. Like I want to mm -hmm. focus on creating a center around creative careers. You know, a lot of people don't understand that college isn't for everybody. That's right. That's right. Not everybody's built for it. You that's might right. have very creative and don't know how to pretty much um, gear that energy towards it being a business or a career. So I, I definitely um, this year want to focus on getting that off the ground, creating a center catered to creator, creative, act, not creative activities, but creative careers, like maybe um, hairstyling, um, brand owning, DJing, you know, fashion, all of it, all yeah. of it under one umbrella. I'm glad Just you shared that with the audience. Yeah, because we do put undue pressure on, on certain people to go through this traditional direction in life uh, and we know that many of the most successful people take a non-traditional route uh, that wasn't scripted they created their own progression so when you left school what did you do then I mean how did you continue your fashion interest and application when I left school I just worked I just worked and I just kind of got in a way settled on making money and to the point where it was just like, you know what, I can't do this. This is not what I want. I don't like, I, I wouldn't say structure. I don't like uh, answering to people. Um, it doesn't allow me to be creative, you know? So I think it was, gosh, I had my son. I had my son. That's when I kind of like put myself back into the mind frame that I got to break the, I got to break these cycles. I got to just get out there and do more. And that's when I start focusing on my career, um, start doing more fashion shows, um, start connecting with some of the people that I met in college because they were on a path um, and start putting my pieces in fashion shows. At first, I was just kind of like um, a little skeptical about it and just not confident in myself as far as like what my pieces would look like on the runway. Um, yeah. I met this lady, um, I was working, uh, a home health healthcare job, and her name was Miss Cassie. Miss um, Cassie um, was in the industry, and she had a daughter who was major in the industry, Lisa Bonds. I'll never forget her because they helped me get that confident back. She put me on a major platform okay. with runway. She told me I can do it. She said, "You know, your this stuff looks good, mm. and you did this on the social. You can do this." Um, so. Yeah. You said, you said her name was Miss Cassie. Miss Cassie? Yeah, Miss yeah, Cassie. Shout out to Miss yeah. Cassie. We appreciate you. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's crazy because Miss Cassie um, was in the process of moving. And she said, I don't know why I'm here, why I'm still here. I said, Miss Cassie, I believe you're here for me. She was like, you know what? You might be right. Um, so I care for her. Um, I think it was a week. And then a week later, she moved. But she introduced me to her daughter, who was doing this major fashion production in Columbia. Um, mm. And she was telling me, you should be a model. You should be a model. And I said, OK, I'll try it out. But everybody knows me. I'm such a tomboy. Yeah. You know? OK. And for me to put on heels and walk across the runway, that was different. But yeah. it was me stepping into my purpose, me stepping into my faith. Mm, look at that. So whenever, you know, I went and I auditioned, immediately they said, no, you, no, we, you, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. You're not good. And I was like, no, just give me a chance. I'm going to do it. And then they gave me a runway coach, Lolita Frazier. Hey, Lo. I okay. All right. Um, Shout out. Mm-hmm. And Lo was just like, uh -uh, I can't work with you. This is a major fashion show. This, you, you know, I said, no, I'm going to do this. Let's do some private lessons. Okay. And she was like, whoa, you're determined. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then that's when, you know, pretty much they discovered, you know, I was determined. And then um, I started to talk more about my fashion. Well, I can make this. I could make that. And they say, you could bring me some pieces. Let us see. So, at but this India, time, what can I just just be stuff to help the discussion? What what specifically? Where's your clothing focus? Is there a certain type of um, style or, or category that you it, you, it you is, work in? And I just kind of realized that like two days ago, my focal point. What is, is it? Statement pieces, pieces statement that are pieces. okay. Yeah. Pieces that are uh, that you may see like um, Vogue wise, like Vogue magazine. Mm -hmm. um, they're pieces that allow you to just kind of like feel, not just like see it as fashion. I really okay. think fashion isn't what you wear, it's what you feel. So they're, you know, um, expressive. Okay. They're just off the wall type okay. pieces. So yeah. that, that could fall in the category of leisure, casual, and formal. I mean, do you hit the yeah, whole spectrum? It, it really could. It really could. It really okay. Could. Okay. Now tell me, so what does a what does your work life look like now? I understand you do a lot of traveling uh, to promote your brand. I guess you're doing uh, fashion shows and consulting with other designers. And what does your work life look like now? It's chaotic. Um, yeah, it's chaotic. Um, for the most part, you have to be safe. Um, a lot of things that we did before, we can't do now. Um, Example, what? What were some of those things? Fashion shows, for one. You, you okay. Oh, yes. Start putting together fashion shows, and a lot of in income came from the production. Okay. You know? So you have to, like you're forced to be creative, um, to use the internet more, you know, virtual shows, which is not as fun and as thrilling as the actual fashion show. Because um, you can't really engage with the audience. You can't really yeah. get the feedback, the, the immediate feedback and the feel of, of and the reaction, really? right? Yeah. Because a fashion show is interactive, right? You're, you're interacting with, with the crowd, with the, with the okay. audience. Yeah, and you, you get to actually feel that energy in the building. Yeah. You do that over the internet. Prior to the pandemic, how many shows might you do in a in a 12-month period? Three to four. 
three to four. Okay, that's a lot. And so since the pandemic, that has gone from three to four to zero, live yeah. fashion shows. Haven't done any fashion shows. For the last, how long has it been now? Uh, what, six months? Long time, right? Yeah. And so you've had to you've had to modify your 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 focus and vision and your planning to another platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and w- which isn't a problem because the McQueen's brand we have uh, a lot of different things going on under that umbrella. Um, and I'm also uh, a brand manager for another company, um, Just Trap Clothing. So it has been hard. Um, I have a magazine that I'm focused on. I, I style a lot of different celebrities. So I've been able to keep busy and um, I've been able to be a platform for other people, you know, other brands outside of Just Trap brand. But being able to reach these people and put their clothing on these different celebrities or these different influencers. So um, it's it's been different not to be able to do fashion shows, but by us having such a wide umbrella, um, we've been able to stay busy. What has it been like uh, working with some of the celebrities? You know, there's some uniqueness to that, those relationships, of course, confidentiality and privacy, I'm sure it's a part of it. Uh, but there's a, uh, there's a heightened expectation and pressure uh, to give a good product when you have a celebrity uh, as your customer. What's that been yeah. like? Is that, does that interfere with your creativity? Because sometimes I would imagine they tell you what they want. No, and that's, that's the difference between me and other companies. Come I'm going to be able to be my creative self and be expressive. That's a part of our, you know, NDA. Um, but when I first started, it was very, very exciting because a girl coming from Bendisville, South Carolina, it's just like, oh, yes, you know, I see these people on TV. But now mm-hmm. it's just like, well, after that first experience, I understand and I know they're just people like me, you know, um, people who are further along in their career yeah. and to be, um, I'm not going to say a celebrity, but I want to be in that position where I'm free in my career and I don't have to kind of like put a stipulation of what I can and what I can't do. Yeah. So that, and that's where they are now. Um, so I, at first it was a lot of excitement. Now it's just like, you know, work. I just have to make sure I give them the best product and the best quality and the best experience they had shooting with anybody. That's so right. I definitely ask them questions like what type of li- music they like to listen to and you know what type of vibe so that whenever we are shooting I mm-hmm. have their music and everything is just like good energy you know it's so far so good like I haven't come across a celebrity with bad energy yeah yeah well I think it speaks to you I think the energy that you cultivate and and, and the environment that you're creating really almost dictates that positive energy stays in a room and and it's you, you guarantee mm-hmm. it so tell me when you when you're doing your photography stuff and you're interfacing with any customers, how is the pandemic? What adjustments have you had to make now that there's this pandemic? Um, I know face masks, social distancing. Are there other precautions you've had to to take? Yeah, you definitely have to uh, take the standard precautions, but. Um, having to take a COVID test and have my staff take a COVID test before we actually congregate into a building. Before they enter that space, everybody has to show me a negative COVID test. Um, 
and it's because you know I still have a family to go back home to and people to care for, so I, I can't put them at risk. Um, how recent? How recent does the test? What date? What date has to be posted on that test? Is it been within a three days or one week? Yeah, within okay. five days. Yeah. Did you say you yeah. have a staff? Did I hear you say you have a team? Yeah, I do. I have a team. You pay team. people. Yeah, and you know we pay each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's some good stuff. So you make sure your team uh, is tested regularly and especially before you uh, assume a project where it's a face-to-face contact. What about the yeah. customers? Do you require testing on, on that side? I don't I don't require them testing, but I require them to always, you know, um, wear a mask. And when we're not shooting, um, just, you know, take standard precautions. Yeah. Yes. No um, bringing for guests when you come to a shoot. Um, it's just let's get handle our business and let's keep it moving. So I imagine you do have to travel from place to place, city to city. Yeah. Uh, and and that's so what's that? Been? Say yeah. that again. It's that's costly. Yeah, because when you when I fly, I have to buy the extra seat next to me so that nobody's sitting next to me. Mm. Um, so. Is that, is that a self-imposed requirement or is that a requirement of the industry? What's No, that's that's just something I do for myself to protect me and my okay. family. Yeah. So you have to purchase two airline seats mm-hmm. every time you, you go to... Uh, yeah. Um, and you travel how many times a month, would you say, Ooh. by plane? Con- it's a constant... Like yeah. every week you're, you're somewhere else? I'm not going to say every week because if I could drive, I try. I drive to Atlanta a lot. Okay. California, it's been almost every month oh, since, wow. since the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're getting it. That's good. Okay. But it's costly and it's, it's something you have to put in your, your operating budget. I do. Um, I do. Yeah. And it definitely takes away from any profits because that's that's costly. No, yeah. I just adjust the uh, my prices. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, ma- makes- I make I make adjustments so that everything is uh, budgeted out right. Okay. Um. So you you're a photographer, you're a stylist, you're a fashion designer. Um. What is the vision for your company? Where where would you like to see yourself in the next five or ten years as a as a company? I definitely want to go international this year. Uh, we, me and my team left. We're, we're city girls this year, but um, next year our focus is going to Canada and putting on a production in Canada. We definitely want to go international. Um, I, I do image consulting and brand consulting as well to just kind of like give people the information that they need to get their brand and um, their image off the ground. Um, so I work with a lot of rappers too. But okay. as far as the McQueen's brand in general, um, I definitely want the magazine to be doing numbers. Um, I want to be able to put on a major show like New York Fashion Week, um, just in a more creative setting. Um, and I work with a lot of Black designers, so I definitely want to be a platform for them. Um, I, I want to have a home base out of the country. I do. Right, right. Years right. From now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I respect your vision and, and your progression. You're, you're very committed to this, and, and, and that's, that's wonderful. 
oh, that vision you have and the determination you use the word. There's two words you use uh, a couple of times, determination and money, determination, and money. Man, I, you use money probably five times. And I, I, I'm okay with that uh, <laughs> because we got to feed our family. Uh, and there is some purpose in all the work we're putting in. Speaking of family, how do you, what's your son's name? What's your son's first name? Oh, his name is Kyrie. Kyrie, how old is Kyrie now? Kyrie's 11. Okay, how do you balance uh, being a parent with all of this business activity, travel, and your itinerary is full all the time? How do you manage all of that? Oh, man, I have a strong support system. My mom, my aunt, Kyrie's dad. Uh, but Kyrie, he, he sacrifices the most. So um, he he's like always with me. And he's always learning. And um, I'm throwing the camera in his hand, like, here, you need to learn how to do this. So I'm teaching him. He, he travels with me a lot. So sometimes I have to buy three seats, you know. Yeah, that's right. Thing. Okay. Um, and we have a whole day of work. And then, mm -hmm. like, the next day, I'm like, all right, figure out what you want to do. Yeah. But the thing about it is I, I turn it into an unlear a learning experience, like, okay. You figure out where you want to go, but you got to tell me why you want to go there. And you got to tell me what we're going to see there and why you want to see it. You got to give me three facts on this place we're going to go. Like if okay. we go to California and he said, okay, well, we're going to LA, but I want to go to San Diego. He has to tell me three facts about San Diego that I didn't know. You know? How, how, how aware is he of COVID-19? Is he, is he really intense and sensitive to being yes. safe? He is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's actually back in school. Um, and we had a scare where he was exposed. So, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of like, you know, shook him up a little bit. And not just that, like, he's really good at sports. He plays basketball. So that's affected. He's not, uh, I mean, able to play AAU basketball. Um, so his life has been affected as well. And we have conversations, you know, yeah. about why, um, you know, he has to take his vitamins and why he has to do this. So, yeah, he's aware. Do you ever use him to uh, display as a model or, or some of your, your your fashion? Have you used him in your photography? The thing is, he has his own thing going on. He, um, he, he likes to rap. So he's okay. done a couple of photo shoots and he's been able to, uh, you know, get into his craft as, as well. I, I push it, you know, but I also tell tell him like, you know, you have to have a backup plan because oh. you're more than likely to become a doctor than you are a rapper. You know, not killing his dreams or anything, but you know, I buy okay. the equipment that he needs to, you know, record his music and his beats. Um, I set up professional photo shoots for him. Okay. And um, he has a style of his own. So mm -hmm. he, you know, he dresses himself in, he asks my opinion on things, but, you know, he has his own little thing going on that he's into. So I never, I don't force, I don't force anything on him. I just let him be the creative individual he is. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure that creativity is, is flowing in his veins as well. We'll be on the lookout for him for sure. That's for sure. So how has the entertainment industry uh, or the fashion industry uh, changed since COVID nineteen. I mean, what what what's some yeah. of the changes that you see kind of across the board? It's a dog eat dog world out there. Everybody's up in their prices, and um, 
even for services that you shouldn't have to pay for. Um, it's 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 crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. The pandemic has changed a lot. Um, but I also see a lot of businesses thriving and they're going toward leaning more towards that digital market, you know, um, which is good, you know, mm -hmm. making adjustments. It's just been it's just been hectic. Everybody's trying to stay afloat um, and you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Oh, no. Oh, how, before, uh, in closing, has your bottom line been impacted? I mean, has this uh, how, you know, how in the beginning it, it, it was, but, you know, you have to make adjustments in any type of situation, not just business, family life as well. Um, in the beginning, you know, financially we were hit hard because it's like, oh man, I wasn't prepared for this. But as you journey through the industry, you're passionate about what you do, you find a way. Yeah. You find a way, you build another. If they tell you no on this platform, you build another platform and you keep pushing. So, yeah. Sister Nadia, could you share some words of encouragement to any business owner who's in the struggle right right now, uh, any message of hope you can deliver to, to the audience? Yes. yes, for sure. Pray about it. Pray about for, it. For one, pray about it. And if it's still, you know, something in your spirit, keep pushing forward and trust and have faith. If you have no faith, then you have nothing. You know, you have to have faith and you have to move forward. No matter if you That's can right. see the That's way right. or not, you have to always move forward. Yeah, Medea McQueen with McQueen Brands. We appreciate the time and your transparency. Uh, your story is powerful and it should be uh, empowering and uh, uplifting to those who watch this podcast, listen to the podcast. So. Uh, we wish you much success as you move forward in your, your profession and your career. Uh, greatness, I hear greatness. I sense greatness here. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, and you know, we want to make it clear that you put in the work. You're putting in the work. Listen, it's not by happens chance. It doesn't just fall in your lap. That you have been pursuing this dream very early age, and that's so yes. respectful. Maybe we'll check in with you at some point in the future to see how things balance out at the end of this pandemic. Uh, but if not, we wish you much success. And to our audience, listen, if you want more information about who we are at Prestige, please visit our website at Prestige Community Resources. We thank you so much for joining this episode, and it has been a pleasure. Until next time, stay safe and be well. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.